Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community, where we focus on Magic Arena. I've got a return guest to the podcast. Welcome back, Lilianda. Hi. Is there anything you would like to promote before we get started? Any streams, YouTube, or anything like that? Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at GG Lilianda. That's also where you can find a link to my Discord, where everyone hangs out, where you can talk with me. VM Compost is in here too. <laughs> you should have joined his Discord also. All that good stuff. Thanks so much for sharing that. I'll definitely try to get more traffic to you over there at the Discord and everywhere where you're at. Yay! Now, it uh, seems like it's been a little while since you were last on the podcast and everything has changed in the world of magic so much. Nowadays, we, you know, play lands and then play spells. It's very different. Yeah. My goodness. It's, it's, it's insane, truly. And I mean, looking at the Throne of Eldraine cards that are going to be releasing, it's just... I, I'm going to have to create totally different decks. I mean, usually... I, I feel like, you know, when new seasons drop with Magic the Gathering or expansions, sometimes you're able to take the essence of a deck that you had previously and mm -hmm. just kind of Frankenstein the new cards into it. You know, you like see a new card and you're like, oh, that, that would fit well into this old deck. But I really feel like with the new cards that they're dropping now, almost everyone's going to have to brew a brand new deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many new concepts, new keywords, mechanics, and so forth. So yeah. it does feel like I want to create something brand new mm -hmm. instead of um, keeping an older deck going. But there's just so many to choose from. Like, I know just basic decisions like attacking with a creature are going to be a lot more dramatic, I feel like. And that's what they were going for with this expansion. Like here, I can't can't find the name of it right here while I'm scrolling through, but there is a card on here where the defending creature for one white mana it gets plus seven plus seven. <laughs> like yes. it just becomes a monster card. And I've just I've just never seen something so cheap have such a huge impact on a game like that. Mm -hmm. Have you? I uh funny enough about that card, uh it's called Righteousness. Um, mm -hmm. That came up on a recent episode of another podcast, Limited Resources, and uh -huh. they mentioned that card. And that apparently that card's been around uh, since the very first Magic set in 1993. It's just that it has been dormant for like 15 years. Wow. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I wonder what made them decide to, in a way, like unvault it, mm -hmm. you know, bring it to the foreground. I'm excited to see that one in play. Also, I see that they're adding a bit more Hydra cards, <laughs> which is interesting. I've been considering making a Hydra deck just because of how massive and, and beefy those cards are. You know, when someone puts a Hydra out, there's a there's a Hydra that's out right now that's pretty common. It's ra it's rather cheap. It's a 8-8 eight, eight Vigilance Hydra. Yeah. And, you know, you can't just ignore that. Bottom no. line, and the, and I feel like that's all people really want when they're putting down a creature. They want your enemy to be like, okay, I have to deal with that. I can't just ignore it and keep hitting them in the face or focus out their planeswalkers. Instead, I need to deal with this creature or I'm going to die, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Is that the same Hydra that also like uh, it automatically fights when you try to target their yes. 
they're creatures. Yeah, that's so vicious. It's like really low casting cost. It's vigilant and it has this automatic fight. It's like, hey, you're trying to mess with my creatures. Uh, no, I'm here to defend them. Insane. And, and I mean, truly, I, I wouldn't have mentioned that card if it didn't have vigilance. But the fact that it never taps, you never have that, that breathing room. You never have mm-hmm. like what, what I call that, that space in that fighting time to figure out not only what you're going to do, but what you're going to do next round, which I feel like is more of Magic the Gathering than people realize. It reminds me a lot of chess in that sense where, mm-hmm. you know, you're playing this first round that you're doing, sure, but really you're playing a couple rounds ahead in your head. Mm-hmm. And and that's really how you get the best experience, I find. Yeah, it's like, what answers do I have in the second or possibly third match that we have in, in best of three, perhaps, what am I trying to, or how am I going to deal with that threat? If I know that that's in their library, um, mm-hmm. there's a big old 8 8 vigilant fighting um, Hydra there, or there's a planeswalker that I had a hard time dealing with. How am I going to deal with it in the second or, or third matches? So it's definitely a longer term yeah. game like chess. Yeah. And I mean, I found I was getting frustrated with Magic the Gathering for a while because I was trying to play it like every other video game where it's very, very fast paced and you're very much just trying to get your game done kind of thing and move on to the next one. But when I started taking my time, started actually not only like reading every single card, you know, and realizing how not only that card's going to interact with how I play, but how it's going to interact with the entire board, then my matches started taking me like some odd sometimes it would be like 30 minutes I would be in a magic game because me and this person they would just be going back and forth back and forth forever you know mm-hmm. and there's that there's that land card that I I mentioned in your in your discord actually land of the dead I believe or something like that where it yeah. just it just summons a 4-4 vigilant zombie mm-hmm yeah the, it's like these brand new cards that give you so much value like even passively that that land card it's a land it's supposed to give you mana but it's, it's just land. there passively and then <laughs> as other stuff happens automatically you get more out of it Mm-hmm. and i don't know if do you run destroy land in your deck ever like destroy target land cards no, I like the concept of that a lot, but I, the modern, I mean, the cards in standard at the moment, they're too slow. They're usually four mana at least, and, right. I, and I feel like they, they're a little too expensive, but mm-hmm. um, I like the concept. It's a very mean concept, but I like the concept of land destruction, but I don't really run it any, anymore nowadays. Yeah, I don't run it either, but I, I always find myself <laughs> put against that land card specifically, and then I'm... There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it except for hope that potentially you have like more board wipe than them. Mm-hmm. What I've started running instead of removal, I've I've started running um, tap all creatures while you're attacking. It's like it's like an instant spell because mm-hmm. I've been running a black white removal deck. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been running recently. There is that one, I, I think it's called Kaya's Absolution. It's an yep. enchantment. Oh, yeah, so that one's going to weaken all of their their little zombies at least. You know, they're not as big anymore, but yeah. still, um, there's still those triggers. Now, if you're running blue, there is a new counter spell. It's called Tail's End, and that actually counters uh-huh. abilities as well. So 
that land、oh. card has. That's an ability that happens. It's a triggered ability. So there is a counter spell、mm-hmm. to counter that ability happening off the land. Tails end, but it's、okay. in blue. I've actually I recently started exploring blue. I think I tried to build a blue red elemental deck.、Mm-hmm. I think because I got Chandra from a drop in a pack, and I was pretty happy about it. So I tried to sculpt the deck around her.、Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I I didn't have enough early elemental cards.、Mm-hmm. So I was like finding myself. Biding too much time in the early game and losing too much life to make up for the bigger cards I was going to drop in late game. If that makes sense, it was just it was just a bad deck. I'm、mm-hmm. excited to go back to it、mm-hmm. once Throne of Eldraine drops, but that that deck is just、ugh. one of the ones that I see in an elemental deck being run is you've got that turn one lizard. I think it's Spitfire something Spitfire.、Mm-hmm. It's where you're attacking, and then it deals one damage to target creature, target player, or planeswalker. Target player,、right? yeah.、Uh, it yeah, it auto deals damage as soon as it attacks. So I see people running that a lot when they do elementals. They have one on the first turn, and maybe another、mm-hmm. one on the second turn, and then it just adds up. But yeah, I like elementals. There's that one,、um, something. I don't what's it called, like Street Fighter elemental. Not that, but it's the one that it like it. it When you summon it, it makes some fun punching sounds. Did you ever notice that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I like that one a lot because then you put you have other elementals, and it, that one gets stronger and stronger and pretty、mm-hmm. out of hand pretty fast. I have、um, the name of it slips my mind right now, unfortunately, but it's a flying elemental, and oh, actually, I don't think it's an elemental. Now that I say it out loud, but it's a、uh, it starts as a zero four, but it gets plus one attack for each instant or sorcery in your graveyard. And、yeah. I was actually running that coupled with that deck because there's a lot of instant and sorcery spells that I have tacked on to my one and two cost creatures. Yeah, that's one of those drakes. The、yes. in in the drakes deck, there's a couple of drakes that are popular at the moment, and phoenixes. In red and blue, but yeah, that's exactly. It's a zero four, and then it gets stronger the more instants and sorceries, and you're definitely going to fill up your graveyard with some direct damage or maybe some card drawing spells. And I think I've seen that to be like a thirteen four at some point. Yeah, massive. But um, is Rekindled Phoenix still playable? Yeah, I I have seen that definitely in that sort of elementals deck because yeah. Uh, for example, that one little lizard, when it attacks, it deals damage to the player, and that counts to make that Spitfire stronger. So suddenly, <laughs> that one three is a three three because that lizard spit at you, and then the lizard's still coming at you. So I've definitely、yeah. seen good synergies in standard for that、um, Chandra's Spitfire. See, that's one of those creatures that they put down in the very beginning. And you kind of ignore it,、yeah. and you're like, I can deal with that with some other throwaway creature that I'll come across.、Mm-hmm. Not, not this creature that I have in my hand. And then that creature ends up doing some odd eight damage to you because it's just like one damage plus the one damage on top. It just, it just adds up. Yeah, it adds up like crazy. Yeah, it's like little. Incremental damage adds up to a lot. Eventually, you start at twenty life, but you chip away little by little, and and you and you get defeated. It's not like, well, I need to bring out my big old six six creature. No, it's like little、yeah. by little, you're you're chipping them away faster than waiting for that six six, and then waiting for one more turn to actually attack with it. Mm-hmm. It's just 
it's really it's really interesting how magic works because you really you really see um in a lot of other games stuff like that you can really just mimic what the other person is doing and you'll succeed but in this game you can copy and paste someone's top tier deck but if you don't know how the cards interact <laughs> with each other you're going to be putting them down in the wrong order you're going to be just messing it up <laughs> it's 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 really it's really interesting how much of a learning curve this game has like uh my one of my girlfriends she joined discord recently and she wanted to play magic the gathering the arena mm-hmm. and so i was like showing her the ropes a little bit and i was telling her about the colors and how you know the cards interact with each other and how this game is mainly the cards playing with each other mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's that's just how it goes and she's like okay you know, sounds interesting. And she was saying that, you know, she saw this deck that just just stomped her, you know. So she mm-hmm. went to go recreate it. And she was like, but it's not the same. It doesn't play the same. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, she's like, I don't understand why it doesn't beat them the way that it beat me. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, it's because that was their deck. They probably made that from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And they just know everything that could possibly happen in there. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's uh, you can use the metaphor. It's like when you have a really good meal at a restaurant and you try to make it at home. It's not quite the same. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it's like. Mm-hmm. I uh, oh my goodness. Let me take a moment to show off here to to the audience. Uh, um, the yeah. Uh, as of this recording, yesterday I was part of the early access streamer event. I got to play with Throne of Eldraine cards for the first time yesterday, mm. um, and. I got to see people creating like a a new meta, uh, a new you know set of decks through this event. So you might you might start to see definitely a lot more. Now I'm trying to remember here. I'm blanking because I was streaming it for like seven hours, um, <laughs> wow. on, on and off. You know, I took breaks and I had to go to work. I guess I, I guess I don't want to get fired. Right. But, um, you know. <laughs> When I then did my final stream, it was 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. last night, uh, Pacific time. So uh, I saw some great decks, and I'm just trying to remember what were the ones. Okay, here's one. Here's one that was amazing. Um, There is a new card in Eldraine. It's a red card. Let me see if I can find it. It's an enchantment that gives the the player the ability to cast spells for free. Um, as long as here it is fires of invention it's three casting cost enchantment in red you can cast spells only during your turn and you can cast no more than two spells each turn okay sounds like a big drawback but here's the powerful part you may cast spells with cmc um, or converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control without paying their mana cost what yeah so what? A person was putting out, I, I went against someone doing this deck, and they were putting out lands, and I was beating them, and they weren't really fighting back really too doing much. anything. Exactly. And then on their fourth turn, they put out this Fires of Invention. And then they were just free casting. Exactly. Free casting. They cast, uh, they free, here's what their combo was. They free, they were putting a land of every color. So I'm like, okay, <sighs> let's see what, what five color shenanigans you can pull off before I kill exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> but then when they got this fifth casting cost, uh, when they got this fire uh, fires of invention and they had their fifth mana, they were then able to summon that, that the recent Niv-Mizzet card, the one that's all the colors. And when you summon that card, it then lets you from the top of your library summon more cards for free. So yeah. on that one turn, they um, they did their maximum two spells 
as per Fire of Invention, but then they got more things out of it because of that Niv-Mizzet Reborn card. And it's oh like, wow, I don't think I'm going to be able to handle this. They are now free casting everything that they want. Wow. That's, and that's exactly what I was talking about, where I really feel like this this expansion that's coming out is it's not, it's nothing less than game-changing, mm-hmm. truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of uh, cards are rotating out, so rest in peace, uh, Ixalan, Rivals of Ixalan, Dominaria, and Corset 2019. So that's, um, yeah. that's several hundred cards right there. Um, that are going to be rotated out and people are going to need to figure out new strategies to replace what's what's leaving. One of my personal favorites that's being rotated out is Resplendent Angel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love that card. Love that card. And then I went to go make another one for my deck and then it gave me the little yeah. notification at the bottom. It's like, this card won't be playable this fall. Are you sure? And I was like, ah, mm-hmm. I guess not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't ca- I didn't craft it, you know, just walked away from it so sad yeah that's a really good card just three mana you get a three three flyer and then suddenly it makes more angels when you uh when you gain life right yeah it's 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 really helpful for um i find my mid game is the weakest point and that's a really strong mid game card so it really saved my life a Mm -hmm. lot so i'm really i'm really sad about that card going away but i do see why they're taking it away just because of the fact that on the card itself, like that that card, that card single-handedly can win a game because of what you can do with that card alone. Mm-hmm. Where you get three mana, if you have only three mana and you push down a Resplendent Angel, there's not going to be a lot you can do about it. And it's going to be one of those creatures you can leave alone for a period of time. But when you leave it alone for too long and I finally get enough mana down and I'm able to tap it. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to give it lifelink, and I'm able to give it another plus two, plus two. It gives it that five, five, so that I'm gaining more than four life, and then it yeah. spawns another angel. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I missed that card already. <laughs> well, I don't know the full details exactly because there's been several announcements, but there will be a um, historic format in Arena, which you can still play with the old cards. Um, it's just that it's going to be like a different ladder that you're playing on and I don't get how it fully works because they they announced something about it and there was like 90% of it that was great but then the 10% of it the fans hated and they were very vocal (laughs) about it and then so then the company said okay let's change this but then they changed it Uh in a slightly different way a couple weeks later so I don't know what like the final word of it is as of this recording like there is gonna be you know how in real life uh well you're playing standard the most recent cards or maybe you're playing modern which is the last mm-hmm. you know 15 years of cards uh right. in arena there's gonna be something like that which is gonna be standard that when eldraine comes out it rotates out a bunch of sets but then there's gonna be historic which is you're still gonna be able to play with resplendent resplendent angel but just with like on a different track with everything else yeah possibly in magic the gather interesting okay mm-hmm. well that does make me feel better that i'll still be able to play my card somewhere yeah like that pop-up message you you got it should have said something like this is about to roast rotate out of standard but you might still be able to play it in historic i don't know why they don't like fully tell you like yeah there's still this other way to play um it, it's not exactly the same but there is a way to play the, the way that they make it sound they make it sound like the card is like vanishing from the game mm-hmm. i mean i i know it's still going to be there but i mean truly because i i only play ranked you know in this yeah. game i mean i only play standard when i'm trying to see how a deck interacts with itself you know mm-hmm. 
Because I find that if I go and practice in standard, as opposed to focusing on ranked, mm-hmm. it's like it's it's just a completely different playing field. You know, people don't play the same in standard as they do in ranked. Obviously, because people in ranked are trying harder. Yeah. So I find it as a more authentic magic experience. Yeah, I like playing the best of three on ranked, and definitely the best players are there because. Um, I've been able to uh, get to platinum status, and wow. there was one time in all in all of the time that I've been playing this whole year, there was one time that I made it uh, to diamond level four diamond. Uh, wow! But I've had a real, real difficulty getting out of platinum, and this last month I couldn't get out of gold. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm not playing. Uh, I've had success playing this mono blue deck, and I kind of like how it plays, and it's fun enough, and it has answers and such. But uh, I definitely uh, see that there is a higher caliber of people uh, playing, and sometimes it's harder to, to to proceed through the ranks. Dude, I last season. It's so funny that that you bring up <laughs> ranked like that. Last season, I was top of gold one truly, <laughs> and I remember looking at the screen and it said it had about 25 hours left until season <laughs> closed and i was like okay i was like i'm gonna just go to sleep i'm gonna wake up i'm gonna get to plat and i'm gonna move on with my life yeah easy peasy and i wake up and we have to like drive down to la or something like that and so i completely forget about magic the gathering and i come home and the season's closed oh. so i feel like i'm going to be haunted by that for the rest mm-hmm. of my days the fact that i was actually one win away from plat but i have um confidence that i'll be able to get to plat this season for sure mm-hmm. great i'll send my good vibes as well and i'm sure you'll you'll do it it's just that you know putting your mind to it and brushing off the losses and you'll make it uh for me i i uh, I, I take the losses a little too hard sometimes, and I'm like, well, I don't want to play anymore. And then I come back two days later, I'm like, I want to keep playing. So mm-hmm. they made a great mm-hmm. game here that wants to keep you coming back. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Truly, I've I've never I've never liked a card game more. And I always have my friends. They're always like, oh, you should play, you should play Hearthstone. You should play this. You should play that. And I'm like, why would I ever play any other card game than this game here? <laughs> yeah. This this game is amazing mm-hmm. i wouldn't wouldn't rather play anything else truly yeah like uh i i don't really play anything else at all i i know about them a little bit and then when i hear like yeah well you know in hearthstone you know if i'm not saying the right terms it's like yeah you get automatic mana and but there's no instance and all of that stuff so it's it's really interesting how these other games have tried to look at magic and say well we'll do it this way but still, mm-hmm. I think magic has the most nuance and the the most depth, and um, just uh, yeah. Just it's... overall, I I really feel like Magic the Gathering is is the most clear. Um, and I mean it it can be, it can be a little bit daunting. I feel like is the word for it because there's a lot of descriptions on the cards and things like that yeah. in. In Hearthstone, they they do have descriptions and stuff, but like I've said about Magic the Gathering before the cards play with each other. Mm. And there's not a lot of that in in Hearthstone, I feel like. I mean, there are rare occasions where people have, like, Murloc decks or they've got uh, big summon decks or something like that, but it's not not nearly at the same caliber of Magic the Gathering where, Mm. like I said, you're you're thinking multiple 
rounds ahead. You're not, I mean, of course you're thinking about the round that you're on right now, but you're always thinking two or three steps ahead. Mm. Well, looking ahead, two steps ahead, um, there's also a new format. Well, it's new and old at the same time. Did you ever hear about the format Brawl that was announced last year? Um, I I briefly read about it, but I did not I did not get the opportunity to try it. Mm-hmm. So, in general, for the listeners, it's basically like Commander and what Brawl is. It's singleton, so only one of each card except basic lands. And uh-huh. you have exactly 60 cards, and mm-hmm. you've got a commander that sort of, you know, helms the whole thing. I've heard people call it uh, a brawlmander, because, you know, in regular mm-hmm. commander, you've got the commander. In brawl, you have the brawlmander, which is a legendary right. creature or planeswalker that basically, yeah. um, you know, styles the whole deck. So I heard about it last year, and I thought it was interesting, and I played one time in real life. I managed to get some friends to play it, but I haven't really had a chance to play it in real life. And... Playing it digitally, well, it wasn't on Arena, which was really weird because it sounded perfect for Arena since also the card pool was standard instead mm-hmm. of the full 25 years of Magic, you have the, you know, two years of standard. So that was seemed like an oversight. Well, it looks like the, the company has said, yeah, let's really kick Brawl into high gear. So let's put Brawl on Arena by the end of the year. So that's going to yeah. be pretty cool. Um do you think there are any cool legendary cards that might be fun for a brawl deck? I mean, truly the one that, that caught my eye was Chulain, Teller of Tales. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a Vigilance card. It's uh, two mana, but it's green. It's green, white, and blue specific mana. So two general, three specific mana. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a human druid. Vigilance card. Whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card, and then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. I really feel like those cards that allow you to place land from your hand or pull from your deck, you know, where you're able to look through your deck, put a basic land card on the field, Mm. tapped, whatever, move on with your life. Those cards make a huge difference because if you have simply more mana than Mm. your opponent... A lot of the times you're going to be able to outmaneuver them. Yeah. And if you have more options than them, especially in a game like Commander, where I imagine you're you're going against like multiple people in a room or something like that, mm-hmm. you're really going to want to have the most mana on the table at all times. Yeah, definitely. If you kind of break down magic in terms of, well, you can't play magic unless you've got lands so the more Uh lands i have the more magic i can play Uh, a Uh card like chulain definitely that cheats in a little bit more uh mana a little faster you've got that mana ramp happening that's definitely Uh powerful and you know with a two four creature with vigilance well you maybe go in and you do a little damage with two and he's vigilant so he's still there to defend you with four toughness yeah, I was about to say, I, I, I feel like that, that creature holds more use as a defensive so that they attack with their 2-2 and kind of forget that you had that creature just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And then you trade with it, and then it still has vigilance, so you're able to attack as soon as you trade properly, mm-hmm. which is really rewarding. The first time I saw this card, 
in its its other ability of uh, three three generic plus tap return target creature uh-huh. you control to its owner's hand. The first time I saw that, I'm like, well, you know, I've got to think a little bit harder about how that's relevant. But after playing in that early access event, there were a, there's a lot of cards in in Eldraine that have the new mechanic um, adventure, which is like an alternate casting cost to do something. Uh, to do something different besides the creature. So that there's you get a creature or you can get this special extra instant or sorcery. It's like an instant or sorcery stapled really? onto the creature. Yeah, this is a new a brand new ability. Um, I'll I'll tell you an example of a card in a moment, but the idea is with Chulain, then you can send that creature back to your hand and do the whole adventure thing again. Oh. So, let's see. Uh depending on what you've got pulled up on um where you're viewing the cards, um, if you look at one, for example, Ardenvale Tactician, um, it's at the very top. It's a white card, alphabetically, Ardenvale Tactician. Um, uh-huh. See, that has the brand new adventure mechanic, which looks like a little book. And so wow. this card is both a creature and a spell. In If you pay the, 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 the casting cost at the top right, you get a creature, which is a 2-3 flyer. Or okay. you can first pay um, the part of it called Dizzying Swoop for one in a white, and that's an instant. Okay, on that part, then it says tap up to two target creatures. So you can pay the two mana for that adventure. Uh, it does that. It taps the, your opponent's creatures. This Arden Vale tactician gets exiled for a moment, and then you can cast it whenever you want out of your exile for that Uh regular cost of the three more. So if you have the total of five mana, you could do both. You could pay the two mana to first tap their their creatures, then you pay the three for the creature itself, and now you've done both. Wow. That's one of those cards that is relevant mid and late game because because of that adventure that they added. That is is neat. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that a lot. Honestly, it's a little confusing when you look at it mm-hmm. because you're like, well, which one comes first? Mm-hmm. You know, which one do I do first kind of thing? But when you realize that it's optional. Yes. It's totally optional. Then it makes it a lot less confusing. I see here Beanstalk Giant is is a card type that I'm seeing throughout um, Throne of Eldraine. Like I saw... Um, here it is. I found it. Giant opportunity. You may sacrifice two foods if you do create a 7-7 seven, seven green giant creature token. Otherwise, create three food tokens. <laughs> which is new. Yes. Food tokens. There's a lot of food being thrown around in this new set, which is just an artifact. It's an artifact that if you sacrifice it, it gives you life. Or if you... Okay combine it with other cards like this it does other things so if you have two food lying around two food tokens lying around you sacrifice that and then your little creature becomes uh you get a seven seven giant so um there's yeah that's the that's another new thing food tokens i've seen a few cards that that pay attention to that there's one there's some black card in here somewhere that says sacrifice a food token to do three damage to your opponent so it's like you're giving them some poison food yeah, interesting. That. Wow. Oh my goodness. I didn't even see this card. So I'm running a white black, a white black cat deck. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm pretty sure I talked about this the last time I was on your show, honestly, but it was at the time it was only a mono white deck, which mm-hmm. is what I was running, but it's evolved into a black white for the death touch 
and vampire mm-hmm. lifelink features that black cards have. But I see here, there's a new card that's coming out called Linden, the Steadfast Queen. Mm-hmm. She's a legendary creature. She has vigilance. She's a 3-3. And whenever a white creature you control attacks, you gain one life. Mm-hmm. That'll be really awesome to couple with my Ajani pride mate. The yeah. I have going on. That'll just fit right in. I'm yeah. really excited about that. Exactly. Three casting cost is not so bad if you're if you're running mono white or even uh, black and white. And mm-hmm. she's got vigilance as well also, so she can swing in for a little damage and and yeah, your white creatures, even if they don't have it built in, your white that the that Ajani's Pride Mate itself will get mm-hmm. lifelink and it'll pump itself up with that life gain. Yeah. That's really awesome. What do you think in general about like the 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 lore and the style of this new set it's Grimm's fairy tales meets uh, arthurian legend so there's a lot of like riffs on classic fairy tales plus knights of the round table and such what do you think in in general about its style i i really like it truly last season's style it was pretty but i wasn't a huge fan of the aesthetic that the card art mm-hmm. gave us with this one i i really love the you can really see a lot of movement in the art here, and I really feel like that's that's valuable. Um, in this card here, there, there's a couple that really caught my eye. Like It's called Forever Young. It's a black card. It's sorcery. It's uh, put any number of target creature cards from your graveyard on top of your library, and you draw a card. But the art on this card is just, it is so beautiful. You can see that, you know, their, their hands are... They're, they're old, and mm-hmm. but looking in the reflection, you know, they look like back when they were like, you know, like 20. Yeah. They're young. Yeah, and there's a little bit, a few wisps of white hair at the very bottom of the, yeah. of the card art because we're looking down. So I love like the purple tones and, and you know, the pink tones in that, uh, her reflection in, in that cauldron. So I think they really knocked it out of the ballpark with uh, art that is like really evocative, really expertly done as always. And then these names, mm-hmm. like that fits perfectly there. Forever Young, you know, it lets you get back creatures, um, you know, mm-hmm. to take you back to your glory days, just like that photo is uh, the 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 painting is showing. Also, you see there, there's there's another one. Let me scroll up really quick. There it is, Fairy Guide Mother. <laughs> My goodness, this one, I love I love the light coming down on her. Mm-hmm. You know, and not only that, but I really feel like the names that they went with. Like you said, with the Grimm's fairy tale and like Knights of the Enchanted Table, it's it's just it's just it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for this upcoming season. Right next to Fairy Guide Mother, perhaps do you see Flutter Fox? Is that I like do. not the cutest card that ever exist that ever existed? <laughs> so cute, yeah. Mm-hmm. My goodness. So it's that one's funny. It's a two mana in total, and it's a two two. But it says as long as you control an artifact or enchantment, Flutter Flocks has has flying. So if you notice carefully, there's also little like uh, golden wings on its feet. So somehow that fox can fly when you've got an artifact. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Below that, there's happily ever after. So like definitely they're uh, really leaning into the tropes of fairy tales and and all of that. And I think it's just so cool. Uh, It feels like a very lighthearted set. It almost feels like unstable, you know, that that, that joke set. But um, yeah. that's that was enjoyable too. Unstable was very enjoyable in how lighthearted it was, and mm-hmm. after having like the recent 
you know, War of the Spark and all of that was cool, but it was just so grim because the whole multiverse is battling and everyone's dying and, <laughs> and Nicol Bolas Yeah, it was very grim. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool that they took a little breather with Corset 2020, which didn't really have a big story. And then they come back to this, which has definitely a story. And uh-huh. uh, there's the new novel that's coming out uh, that came out. And there's this whole new plane to explore with its own lore and everything. And like, again, like happily ever after, that's the classic ending to the fairy tales. Uh, I wonder how that relates to the main story that's happening in this uh-huh. whole set. Yeah. That will be interesting to see. I do like how Magic the Gathering builds upon their own world like that. You know, it's very, it's very rewarding as a fan. You know, they they do offer a lot of fan service in that regard. Mm-hmm. What I'm enjoying is um, the ability to craft these new these new decks because when I was trying out the cards. Um, I tried to make a mono black knights deck. So Uh sometimes what I do is it's fun for me, but it's too limiting because when you're playing with people that really want to win, it's too limiting. But what I like to do is really put like themes. Like I have a a few cat decks as well. And, uh, in real life, I love cat decks. Yes. I have a, I have a green, white, uh, modern cat deck in real life with, you know, a Johnny's pride mate and, uh, regal caracal and, and just like uh, really fun in real life. And in Arena, mm-hmm. I've got cat decks as well there. Uh, in real life, I've also got a mono red goblin deck that's just so fast and so many angry nice. red goblins. And my opponent the other day, like, I feel for him, but he just wasn't able to really withstand my <laughs> goblin barrage. Uh, right. So I don't break it out all the time. Is it like super rush deck or? Yeah. Okay. So the yeah. main thing is, okay, on turn one, I've got a couple of goblins that come out on that can come out on turn one. One of them has haste or... <laughs> Um, the other one is you feed it two more red mana and it becomes a three, one on the second Mm -hmm. turn. Um, by the third turn, I can summon this other goblin that reduces the casting costs of my goblins. Um, so I can then summon them even faster. Yep. And it gives them haste as well. So, uh, my three casting cost goblin is a goblin that makes more goblins. Uh, (laughs) so once I've got the cost reducer out, okay, now that's only two casting cost instead of three. And I probably have enough mana then to summon two goblins at once because of the cost reduction. So yeah, it can really overwhelm. I was doing like 10 damage with all, with all my goblins in one, one swing in the attack. Wow. That's, that's overwhelming. (laughs) It is. Now when you play against like top tier decks on arena though, it's not as strong because then they do have, uh, they have everything. They have everything. For, for anything, yeah. which is just how it goes in that game. You're like, how did they have that card? But yeah. <laughs> that's just the name of the game. <laughs> so I'm trying to do the same thing now with these new Eldrain cards. Here's my stipulations. Only Eldrain cards, mono black, mm-hmm. focused on knights. So there's a nice. few knights in here. If you if you browse in the, in, in the black cards, there's a few great knights I in there. I was about to say... Like, also really great puns, such as Belle of the Brawl. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a human knight. She's a 3-2. And she that. has Menace. So, you know, she needs two blockers at least. But when she attacks, uh, your other knights also get plus one, plus zero. Wow. I see here uh, there's another knight. He's a three cost, a murderous rider, zombie knight. Mm-hmm. He's got an adventure on him destroy target creature or planeswalker you lose two life mm-hmm. and uh he's got lifelink when murderous rider dies put it on the bottom of its owner's library mm-hmm. not bad 
Yeah, that's the one that um, a previous guest on the podcast, uh, a couple of previous guests on the podcast noted, like, that's the card that I'm looking at that I really want because mm-hmm. it has, again, th- these new adventure creatures. It's a creature with a spell stapled onto it, and you can do either or, so you get more options, uh, which is always great. So at the moment, I need to kill your creature or planeswalker so I can do it with the with the swift end half of the murderous rider and then later on okay i need a creature so then i'll pay the other half to get the rider out and it's a two three lifelink yeah and in a way it's kind of it's almost safer in exile than it is out on the board you know so you can just save it for a rainy day Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then pull it out when you need it definitely Uh, i think just having so many options really makes the game deeper and more interesting so that the games are not just like kind of on autopilot sometimes some decks they're powerful yeah. but they're just on autopilot like that that uh field field of the dead deck it's like as long as i get to my fifth land or whatever i start to make zombies so as long as yep. i can make it to there i'm i'm done and you know i have a recording on my computer of me we were playing magic the gathering and i got put against field of the dead mm-hmm. you know and you see i have about 38 health and this guy's got like 11 health mm-hmm. but he gets to the point where his deck is just playing against itself at this point hmm. and you see him drawing so many cards and he put down an enchantment where when he would draw a card he would gain a life and i would lose a life hmm. and so he was drawing so many damn cards that he was actually able to kill me without even moving his creatures because mm. he was just constantly drawing and putting down and drawing and putting down and drawing and putting down. It's it's a two-minute recording I have of me losing this game yeah. <laughs> single-handedly from this one card. And it's I tried to upload it to Twitter, but it's it's too high quality and too long. Yeah. I, I'm thinking about just uploading it to YouTube so that I never lose it because yeah. that is the true essence of Magic the Gathering <laughs> right there. Well, you're you're a braver person than me because once I would see like what's going on here, I might say, "Well, okay, goodbye. Have fun with your with your strategy. I gotta go play well, magic." Truly, I, I I I had to show my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I I won't lie. I I hit him, and I was like, "Babe, babe, look at this. <laughs> Get a look at this." I was like, "Cause I can't make this up, you know? Because yeah. I I I knew I was gonna tell my friends, but he had to see it so yeah. that like people knew I would that I wasn't lying, you know." Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, more power to them once they get their combo going. But that's, yeah, that's, again, interesting about how magic, there's many ways to win, such as let me send my creatures at you, or let me mill you out so you have no more cards, or let me play this interesting combo that finally worked where I don't have to attack you with anything and just damage you with cards. My enchantment. Yeah. So weird. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's what keeps me interested in it can't lie you know as yeah. as much as like i complain about weird stuff like that it's that's the reason why i go and play it is so that i can win or lose by you know a really weirdly sculpted deck mm-hmm. <laughs> that i never even knew existed until i lost to it yeah. type thing mm-hmm. magic keeps you humble <laughs> i think so because you always see someone that's a that I wouldn't say someone that's better than you, but someone that maybe got a better strategy or a better hand or just or, or drew something. better than you, man. Sometimes Possibly, it's like yeah. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's cool. Just being able to play against so many people. 
Um, I was working on a deck where there's this card. It's a black card, Revenge of Ravens. First of all, the art is epic. The guy's getting his eyes pecked out, and there's literal oh blood God. right there. So if you find that card, it's black, Revenge of Ravens. Uh, it looks like the Fair Birds enough. movie part two. Um, and there's all these ravens, and they're attacking him. And what that does is whenever a creature attacks you or your planeswalker, that creature's controller loses one life and you gain one life. So it's like, okay, yeah, come at me, bro. But my my uh, my ravens are going to defend me. And um, if you have multiple of those on the battlefield, well, you're attacking me and this is already pecking you back to damage and I'm gaining two and uh, it really disincentivizes them from attacking you. And I wow, was using that, really that card. Wow, that's a really good enchantment. Yeah. Let's see the flavor text. Sir Tasdale declared that he never wanted to see the witch Igreta again. Her familiars quickly granted his request. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's a really good card, actually. I'll be looking to put that in my white black deck. That will mesh mm -hmm. perfectly. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to put it in there. So this black white, I mean, this black uh, knights deck, it's mostly knights, of course, for, for attacking and such. But I, I think I'm going to. There was one knight in there that was a little underperforming. Uh, you had to pay too much mm -hmm. mana for it, and you didn't get really too much out of it. So I think I'll take it out and instead put this one in there because that'll that'll be a little bit of defense with my murder of crows, my murderous murder of crows. Yeah, I see here. There's there's actually they they added a lot of black creature knights. Yeah. That's, that's really that's really cool. I was very surprised, however, that they didn't resurrect a very old card. Uh, back in uh, in like the first sets, there was a uh, a card called White Knight and Black Knight, and they were I think they were two twos, but they had first strike and they had protection against their opposite colors. So Black Knight could not be damaged by white spells, and White yeah, Knight could not they, be damaged by black they spells. They definitely did have first strike. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so I'm surprised they didn't bring that card back for this set where it would have been perfect. Um, but I, they, they just had so many new original cards that they, um, I guess, ran out of space to put every card. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I really feel like if they started adding cards, you know, like that, old cards that people remembered from back when they used to play tabletop, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I feel like they would bring a lot of new players to mm -hmm. this game i feel like that, that that would be a huge way to increase traffic would be uh bring back you know super old time favorites maybe they they, they don't have to be ranked format you know just yeah. make them exist mm -hmm. in magic the gathering the arena so that yeah. you know our our like players who have put a decent amount of time into this game can have digital copies of their favorite cards you know that maybe they just couldn't access mm -hmm. for any reason yeah, sometimes people can't play in real life like they used to. Maybe their play group isn't around or they, they live out of town or whatever. So the more they add to Arena, the more cards they unlock or reveal or whatever, I think the better. Um, I think they're kind of stealthily doing something like that because <laughs> did you play the recent Momir's Madness event? I did. I did. Now, I noticed that when you got to like really high casting costs, it would it would summon cards that do not exist in standard. Really? Yeah, someone showed a screenshot of summoning this creature, um, Grizzlebrand, who is a That's totally a powerful card. card in modern that hasn't existed in, in, in standard in like 10 years. 
And wow. it was there. Someone showed a screenshot of that. And then when, when I was playing, I could have sworn also someone had un, uh, had summoned some creature that I'm like, wait a minute, that one wasn't in standard. Where did it come from? And I looked it up and yeah, it was a card that hadn't existed in standard for years. You so, know what? Now that you mention it, there were a couple of creatures that popped up that I was like, I haven't seen that before. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then I kind of tried to look it up if anyone was talking about it, and I didn't see any official announcement from the Magic Arena Twitter account. So I think they are stealth programming some things to reveal them at some point. That's so cool. That makes me so excited. Yeah. I feel like that's just you know another variable they could add in. And mm-hmm. I mean, why not? <laughs> mm-hmm. If you scroll to the spot with the with the lands. Uh, you know, there are some flavorful lands in there. Uh, there's, for example, uh, Witch's Cottage. So they have a cycle of, of these lands that are common lands. But mm-hmm. Witch's Cottage, for example, it taps for black mana, just like a, a swamp. But it, it might enter the battlefield tapped unless you already have three other swamps. Well, if you manage to to bring the land in when it's not tapped. The second thing says uh, you may put target creature card from your graveyard on top of your library. So again, Mm -hmm. here's a land that does more than just be a land. If you uh, bring it in with the right stipulation met, you can resurrect something out of the graveyard back to your library to cast it again. It's like its own being. It's like its own, its own creature, but it's also a land. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's a spell, it's a creature, it's a land all, all at once, just if you follow the stipulation. Obviously, if you put it down turn one, you don't get anything about it or from it. You have to wait until turn four, right? You've got your three mm-hmm. swamps already and then this cottage. But by that time, you know, four turns in, you've probably got something that's in the graveyard that might be nice to bring back. Yeah. I see here there's another land called Mystic Sanctuary. Mystic Sanctuary enters the battlefield tap unless you control three or more other islands. When Mystic Sanctuary enters the battlefield untapped, you may put target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard on top of your mm-hmm. library, mm-hmm. which is insanely valuable having access to those instants and sorceries again. Yeah. Especially if you needed to use it because you were just in a pinch, but you know, that's like your safe card. You like to have that just in case something goes wrong. I know I'm that kind of player where I have like. Maybe like two board wipes, and then they put out a bunch of two twos, and I just don't have any early creatures to trade with it in time. So I go and I use my AOE spell, and then I feel really guilty and scared hmm. for my life after. <laughs> I would utilize that card. Yeah, uh, lands don't just have to be lands, they can do extra things. So I, I'm glad they are, again, giving more options, more choices on how to play. Um, On the opposite end, the rare lands, there's all of these castles. So each of the colors, uh, you know, in the in the other sets, uh, specifically two color, two colors are referred often by oftentimes by the guilds like, you know, Mm -hmm. Demir and Selesny and so forth. But here it's kind of cool that they're giving this realm its own identity for a mono color. And so Mm -hmm. there's like, you know, Ardenvale kingdom and embereth kingdom and so forth and then they've got their own castles with their own cool uh, abilities stapled onto the land yeah i really really like that you know what i didn't notice that until you pointed that out truly that each of the colors had their own castle now 
I had noticed until very recently when I was looking through the cards again because there were so many cards being revealed that it felt a little overwhelming. So I kind of stopped paying attention for a couple of days. And then as this uh, streamer event was about to happen, I started to look through the cards again to craft a deck for the event. I'm like, oh, look at this. Mm -hmm. They've got this cool cycle of these common lands plus these rare lands. And it looks like they are um, uh, focusing things on, on a mono color plus these castles. And once again, the art is amazing. I love the art on that Castle Ventress, where it's like uh, waterfalls built into the castle itself. Yeah, it looks beautiful. But upon reading these these cards here, this Castle Garenbrig seems the strongest, in my opinion. Let's see here. Uh, tap four to add six mana oh wow yeah it gives you 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 invest in four mana and it gives you back six mana and then you can uh do creature spells so that's definitely perfect for a deck that's running a lot of big creatures like hydras hydras exactly Mm -hmm. you know what i'm totally making a hydra deck this season Mm -hmm. i've been thinking about it for like a year now and i've just (laughs) never had a reason to and now this is it and the great thing again about magic arena is that Every card is free. Yes, you need wild yes. cards and you need to get wild cards and so forth. But if you play and you win once in a while, and even if you don't win too much, you get gold and then you can crack packs and you get wild cards. And in theory, you can get any card that you want, which is totally amazing because in real life, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get four copies of Castle Garenbrig, but on Arena, I could if I just invest a little time instead of money. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that... That was a huge thing that kept people from playing Magic the Gathering. Like I was talking about back in the day, um, cards were expensive. Man, it was expensive to play Magic the Gathering. And not a lot of people were able to do it. So bringing back old cards, having them in the digital world so people could own them, play them. Like you said, no... Not not like no strings attached type of thing, but you know, it's less it's less of a burden to mm-hmm. want to play Magic the Gathering now that they've come out with Magic the Gathering the Arena. Mm-hmm. Especially for people like myself and I'm sure like many others that don't have their real life group to play with anymore. Yeah. It's hard to find people who like to play magic because magic is hard. Yeah. <laughs> Over at the college over at the college we just started the card game club. Uh, and we had the first, uh, meeting this past Monday and new people came in cause we, they also did some marketing in terms of giving flyers away and saying, Hey, there's a new club, come join us. So there were brand new people coming and there was more of an influx of, of magic players, um, than the other card games. Cause it, the card game accepts everyone that wants to play any sort of card game, I guess, even in right. theory, like if they want to play Uno or whatever. Um, but uh, really? Yeah, that's what the president said. It's like, yeah, you know, anyone that wants to play any card game, come on in, even Uno. So, okay, whatever she says. Okay, She's right. the president. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the uh, the majority of people at the moment seem to be magic and different levels. There were a couple of people that, um, that hadn't uh, played too much because they just don't have a chance to play with friends or, or family or whatever. And here's a card club to, to get people to play in, you know. Uh, someone came up to me at the end of it because I'm I'm the advisor to the club and uh, they told me uh, yeah you know I'm kind of shy and I'm I'm happy to come to this to to talk with other people that like this game because I could have never gone out on my own to uh, start a game with someone but thanks for having a club where like we're here you can come and and play so so sweet happy to have it and you know tell more people 
Yeah, I I remember in junior high school, uh, seeing kids play like, I think it was Yu-Gi-Oh at the time. I I don't think kids were playing Magic the Gathering at, at my school, but it was definitely Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah. and it was like the beginning of me being like, "Wow, that game looks like fun," you know. But mm-hmm. I didn't want to like, you know, I'm not trying to like bother people, you know. So yeah. I didn't want to go ask them like, "Hey, how do I play this game?" You know. But then I ended up meandering my way towards Magic the Gathering a couple mm-hmm. of years later when uh, a couple of my high school friends were playing it, and I was like, that looks like a lot of fun. I yeah. want to play that. And then I finally, you know, learned. All it takes is, you know, a good teacher and a nice group of people yeah. to be able to get the hang of it. Yeah, I think this semester is going to be very good in in the club. Let's see if, um, you know, it keeps growing because uh, any, like any sort of play group, the more people invested in it, the more it can happen, the more people can play and the more magic playing more magic is more good (laughs) yeah ultimately that's what we want the whole world playing magic together (laughs) so that we can all complain about (laughs) different things to each other yeah (laughs) and we can all marvel at the cards together like oh they released enchanted carriage and it's and it's uh, controlled by two mice did you see that one dude yeah i did read that and honestly i don't know i don't know what to make of that Truly. Yeah, that's exactly like, like, this feels like an unstable card, but it's cool. It's a 4-4 creature. All you need is two mice to power it, and you got it. <laughs> two mice to power it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, do we see a card in here that, that summons the mice? It summons it that? itself when you, uh, it says, okay, it's enchanted carriage. It's an artifact uh, vehicle. And it says, when the carriage enters, create two 1-1 one, one white mouse creature tokens. So okay. you need to tap, and it says crew two, which means you need to tap creatures that equal two. So it comes with the two mice. Oh, you just have to keep oh. them around, and then you'll be able to drive the carriage. That is so cute. Mm-hmm. That is so cute. I love that. And I, I feel like the more fun cards that they add in like that, you know, where where it's just interesting. You know, it's like, it's like the card is a living being. You know, it has the two mice that you have to keep on the field to use the carriage. Mm-hmm. I wonder if... When the two mice disappear, or one, um, if the enchanted carriage, if it makes it immovable, or if you're still able to defend with it, like, can you still use it as a defending creature, or is it like it has uh, luminous bonds on it where it can't attack or defend? As long as you've got any number of creatures that can sort of power it or, you know, crew it, that that's their specific term. As long as you've got any amount of creatures to crew it, then it's still attacking or blocking. If you don't have okay. enough creatures to crew it, it's just a, an artifact hanging around there with no one to drive it, no one to crew it. So it's just hmm. hanging around. So you do need to have some amount of creatures that can tap it, that can tap themselves for two. Like and then it's it's active. Oh, wow. I see right below it. There's another land that's not just a land. Sacrifice Fable Passage. Search your library for a basic land card. Put it onto the battlefield tap. Then shuffle your library. Then if you control for more lands, untap that land. Mm-hmm. So it's basically when you get above four lands, it looks like you just kind of snowball. And you can just keep putting down an extra land for free. Yeah. Yeah, it lets you go find what land. It lets you go find what land you want. Oftentimes, this type of land lets you go get a land, but it enters tapped, so it slows you down. But yeah, definitely here. Once you get to this critical mass, you can go get whatever land you want, and it comes in tapped, ready to use. It really seems like they're putting a lot of emphasis on ramping up to late game 
mm-hmm. in this expansion because mm-hmm. I see a common trend with um, these cards here where it says, you know, when you get for this or four mana. Or, um, and I think that's in response to how many rush decks have been coming out mm-hmm. for this ranked season. I really feel yeah. like rush decks are the way to go. And they're kind of sick of seeing that same meta play out over again. Sure. So this will be really interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Well, what the company needs to do then is program Magic Arena so that all the rush decks battle each other only and then leave us alone. <laughs> leave everyone else who wants to play the game normally <laughs> in our own queue. Yes. But I can't, I can't deny, even I tried to build a rush deck. You know, it's, yeah. Exactly, like that Red Goblin deck that I mentioned. I had a version of it in Arena, and it got me to a certain point at a certain point, but then um, it kind of it kind of runs out of steam if you don't have every single piece for it. But then at a certain exactly. point, it's kind of mechanical, and I still want to uh, play things my way. So I might start yeah. with a deck that seems interesting, and then I might change it up a little bit. So that's, again, the great uh, puzzle piece that is magic. And again, the nice thing that, you know, it's digital, because if it was physical, you would have to go out to the card store and go find each card. Hopefully the card store has it. If not, you have to go to a different card store and then you have to buy the cards. Ugh, mm-hmm. whole thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't miss that mm-hmm. at all, <laughs> truly. Mm-hmm. We forgot about the part about storing those cards. Oh my gosh, Yes. And then you have the physical cards just stacked up at your house. Yeah. That, and that's what it comes down to. You know, you end up stacking up magic cards over time and then you you dump them to a good place yeah. where you know that they'll be used and brewed from. Because mm-hmm. bottom line, when I think about my, my stash of magic cards, I haven't looked through them in about like at least two years. Mm-hmm. They've just been sitting there literally collecting dust. Granted, I have my fa- my favorite deck in its own little apartment, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, maybe you'll browse through it again, and then there's some hidden gem that you didn't realize that'll suddenly be worth something. I know, right? That's Isn't that what we all hope for? Definitely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of beautiful cards that they've introduced. A lot of different themes. A lot of just fresh Mm-hmm. That's that. That's what I'm getting from this expansion. It's so fresh. Mm-hmm. Well, as we wind down, what would you say your hype level of Eldraine is on a scale of one to nine thousand? Um, probably like eight thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine. <laughs> Just because that that one is missing, because I know I'm gonna have to brew a new deck, and that's the hardest yeah. thing for me. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, just a lot of great new cards to to look forward to, and. Uh, I hope I run into you to play some games on uh, on Arena once in a while. Hell yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, would you like to promote anything again? Where can people find you online? Um, you can find me on my Twitter, at GGLilianda. And that's where you find the link to my Discord, my community and stuff. Come hang out. New metagaming. Cool. Thank you so much. Uh, as for myself, well, I'm on Twitter, twitter.com slash vmcampos. Uh, where else am I on? I'm on uh, YouTube, youtube.com slash vmcamposjr. Uh, I stream on Saturdays, 11 p.m. Pacific time. Actually, I simul stream. I simulcast over to YouTube and Twitch. So I'm also at twitch.tv slash vmcampos. 
And I have a Patreon. If people want to contribute to the Patreon for as little as a dollar, they can uh, uh, get access to the exclusive stuff like deck techs and so forth. If they go to the $2 range, they can uh, actually uh, get some vintage magic cards. I'll mail people vintage magic cards, but uh, no, not a Black Lotus. Yeah, not the Black Lotus. Not a Black Lotus, exactly. Well, maybe I can mail a printout of a Black Lotus as a proxy. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll work. So those are all the places that can pe- that people can uh, can check me out at. Uh, well, once again, Leanda, thank you so much for visiting the podcast. Of course, it was a pleasure being here. I love talking magic. Once again, this has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena. <laughs> <laughs>